listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hello, welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza, and I'm back today with another episode for you. And today we're going to talk a little bit about relationships, in particular about an unconscious psychological model that happens in most of our relationships, and many of them actually, where we're experiencing conflict. And this particular model is called the drama triangle. So everyone fears the dreaded love triangle, right? Well, this one's more so because it is unconscious and generally it is running the show in the background. I don't want to give away too much in the intro, but I know that you're going to find this fascinating and I'm sure you're going to want to continue the conversation after the show as well as even just Google it, do your own research on it because it will change the way you relate to people once you become aware that this drama triangle is actually functioning, it's operating in the background. So without further ado, here is today's episode. Hi guys, we're back with another episode. I'm really, really happy to be back and talk about stuff that I love to talk about and uh, really share that with you guys and hopefully that serves you in some way. And so this week, um, I actually want to talk about the drama triangle and you know, this is definitely the triangle you want to avoid in relationships. I know we think it's the love triangle with someone else. You want to avoid that too, ladies and gentlemen, but um starts off with this triangle and you may or may not heard of the drama triangle. So I want to break it down for you a little bit. So this actually started off with me writing a blog post on this very topic and I was writing the blog post around breadcrumb relationships. So for those of you ladies and gentlemen that are listening um, that have had these breadcrumb relationships and breadcrumb relationships are basically relationships where you are settling for the absolute minimum of having your needs met in that relationship or meeting your own needs in that relationship. And also the, you're settling for the absolute bare minimum of even treatment. And so sometimes, and this is what it's looked like for me, you know, you're waiting around for calls and texts, uh, the person's sort of avoiding you or they're pushing you away. Um, you know, plans aren't being confirmed. You're, you're literally feel like you're being just dangled on a string. Um, you know, you're feeling like you're just not on their priority list. They don't really have an interest in pursuing you overthinking or overanalyzing in the relationship, um, hearing a lot of um, excuses as to why they can't see you. Um, really what this is about is a person having sort of an avoidant um, attachment system is what they would call it. It's they're avoiding getting too close to you. And it's not personal, but it feels really personal. Um, and this is where often if you have a, a, an attachment system that, you know, as I just recently read in this amazing book called Attached, if you have an attachment system that makes you more anxious to behavior this way, th those two temperaments are going to crash and crash and literally burn each other up. So that's how this topic started. I started talking, to, uh, writing this blog around this topic, and I realized as I was going even deeper still into this topic that really where this um, toxicity and clashing in relating actually happens 
is through this unconscious behavior of something called the drama triangle. Now, I didn't create the drama triangle. This was um, something that was discovered back in the 60s. It's a psychological model um, for how we relate and how we sort of we bang off of each other and clash with each other in relationships and in relating when these patterns are going on unconsciously. And so I'm going to break down the drama triangle a little bit. So if you imagine a triangle right now, you have a uh, victim and uh, persecutor or perpetrator on one side, either word, and then you have a rescuer. And it doesn't matter where they are sort of in that order, but just so you can get a visualization in your mind that there's the rescuer, the victim, and the perpetrator in this triangle. And their names are pretty self-explanatory, but I want to break down for you a little bit. This is just from a piece I recently wrote. I want to break down for you a little bit what they each look like. So there lives a victim, rescuer, and perpetrator, and the rescuer, just as it sounds, is the one that wants to do the rescuing in the relationship. Often this is a person who is a people pleaser. They're someone who maybe grew up in a really sort of um, unsafe or unstable home environment, and that doesn't necessarily mean violence. Um, it could actually just mean there was like emotionally unstable, there was a lot of arguments in the house, there was a lot of uh, chaos. And the rescuer is your quintessential people pleaser. They're the empath in the relationship, right? They've learned through years of having to sort of be on the lookout and assess what other person's needs so that they can attend to their needs so that, you know, either they don't blow up or attack them or so that it's safe for them to relate. So they are the quintessential people pleaser. They're also sometimes called the empath because they've developed that skill of empathy so much so that. Again, they're, they're vigilant to what other people needs and how do they feel. They're the do-gooder in the relationship, right? Um, the perpetrator on the other side, and it's often called the, uh, the persecutor as well, they are, again, just like it sounds, he or she might be really critical, judgmental. They sort of keep you at a distance. They are sometimes what's labeled the narcissist in the relationship. Um, they thrive on feeling more powerful in the relationship. And they will often draw in um, a rescuer and often the victim, which is the other side of the triangle. And the victim, again, it just like it sounds, the telltale signs of a victim is they're easily overwhelmed. They need rescuing. Nothing is their fault. You know, they, everyone has the issue. It's not them. Um, they make problems. They make your prob their problems your problems. They want you to uh, fix it for them. So I want you to pause a minute here and see, and going back on your uh, other relationships or even current relationships, are you fitting into one of those models? And I want to say here, there's no judgment here of where you're fitting in because we all at some point in the relationship if we are relating unconsciously, we'll take on one of these roles, right? We'll be the persecutor, we might move into victim, and then we might move into rescuer. And so we sort of interchange around this triangle, as it were. So there's no judgment here, but it's a way for you to sit back and say, how actually am I relating in a relationship? And even how am I relating to myself? Now, again, these patterns of relating are very, very much unconscious. And so the first thing that we need to do is actually stop and make them more conscious, right? We need to stop and ask ourselves if we are clashing in a relationship, whether it's a work relationship, you know, in business, whether it's a friendship or whether it's a romantic relationship, we want to ask ourselves the question of why 
it is that we think we're clashing. What is going on there? And of course, our ego wants to keep it very surface level. Well, it's because this person didn't do this for me, you know, or because, um, you know, he's not meeting my needs or he didn't call me back or we want to make it about the story. And the purpose of this Facebook Live today is really to encourage you to see this dynamic um, and, and start to understand it because what that does ultimately is it gives you power to step back from that and to self-reflect. So if you are in a dynamic right now where you've acknowledged, you know, I'm actually being the rescuer. Like this was mine. Like truth be told, mine has been the rescuer. I've had multiple coaches, therapists, people, you know, this has been my thing is the rescuer. So as the rescuer, I tend to draw in, you know, the victims because I have this thing for rescuing. Now, when it's unconscious, of course, it's, it, it attracts and draws in relationships that could potentially be toxic or draining or damaging. But when you start to make it conscious and you start to realize, oh, this is actually one of the primary ways of relating. Now, have I ever moved into victim? Absolutely. Have I moved into persecutor? Absolutely. So this isn't like you're only ever living on one, but you do have a dominant one that you live in. And that dominant one will rear its ugly head when you are in relationships, starting relationships, and even when you're having your most conflicted like friendships or family relationships. So mine was the rescuer. I did grow up in that chaotic household. I grew up in a household where my parents were constantly fighting. I didn't feel safe. I, there was you know, financial stresses and all of these things. And once I understood, oh, this is a way that my nervous system has actually taken on this way of being and relating as a form of self-protection, then I was able to just stop judging myself, first of all, and relax into, oh, this is an unconscious way that I relate. I find significance being the rescuer. You know, I found a way to be important in the relationship. I found a way to feel safe in the relationship. And then once you recognize what's going on, you can take further steps back and really start to reprogram and reshape the way your nervous system responds to these types of stresses in relationships that make you go into either rescuer, victim, or persecutor. That is the, the essential goal of all of this. So I want to just slow it down here a minute because I want you to start to reflect on what is happening for you right now. Is there a relationship with you, a business partnership, something that is going on right now where there is conflict or clash? And if there is, can you find which part of the drama triangle you are acting out? Are you in victim mode? Are you trying to rescue? Are you pushing away and being critical and being the persecutor? And remember that on any given circumstance or day, in this relationship, this could change. But what are you doing right now in this moment? Because there's a very real way that you could break free from this if only you identify where it is that, that you're coming from. So again, notice when you are in it. Name it and name the role you are playing without judgment, right? Without judgment on yourself. Think of yourself as being an actor in a play. And at this particular moment, in this particular relationship and how you're relating, you are being an actor in a play and this is the role you are taking on. And again, 
once you identify that, you can take radical responsibility. So if you listened several weeks back, we did a whole Facebook Live on radical responsibility. This is where you 100% come in and own your piece of creating this situation and how you're reacting to it. And the way you stop the cycle is that you have to start identifying what's missing for you. So this is a way where you fulfill your own needs in the relationship, where you start to take responsibility for what you're needing. So I'm reading here a little note that I have here. So for the rescuer who we've been using as an example, you need to learn to recognize and validate where you feel your needs are not being met. And by the way, it's not only, if at all, your partner's responsibility, if it's a partnership and relationship or a friendship, to meet your needs. Sometimes there are needs that you need to meet yourself. But again, for the rescuer, it's identifying the need. I would say also for the other, th the other two, it's identifying the need. What needs to be expressed here? What do I need? And then apologetically, unapologetically rather, expressing what you need from a place of not the victim and not the temper tantrum, but a genuine place where you've reflected on your own needs and you've made it okay to say, this is where I feel unsafe. This is where I feel unseen. This is where I feel I need to, I need your support. And being able to say that from a place of, again, not having expectations that that person is going to jump in and say, great, let me fix it. Let me, let me get in there and do that. Because again, that would be them rescuing. So really um, validating your own needs. And also recognize and give space for anger to process. Oftentimes we don't give ourselves the space to process when we are feeling angry. And this is something the rescuer does really well. The rescuer wants to make everything okay for everyone else. So it doesn't make it okay for their feelings to be expressed. If you see yourself in any of these, and if it resonates, start to try and cultivate the practice of surrendering and letting go. And that sounds so much easier said than done. But surrendering and letting go is a way in which you are coming from a place of non-judgment and a place of curiosity with yourself and again with your needs and also what's going on for the other person. This is a tough one because when we are activated and charged and when there's this unconscious thing playing out, it's literally like you have a little kid running around with scissors in your head and you know, you've got all the voices coming in and all the gremlins and, but they did that and he did that and she did that. And there's all of this shaming and blaming that goes on even toward the self. So the, the practice of surrender is by saying this sentence, if I was absolutely a hundred percent safe and protected in this moment, if I knew that I was safe and protected in this moment, what could I let go of? What could I release? And how would I be? And it's a process of repeating those words to yourself over and over again. I see this triangle play out in my life. I've seen it play out in the past. I've seen where I play the role of the victim and the persecutor and the rescuer. I've seen where all of that comes to play. And I'll tell you from personal experience that none of that could actually change and transform when you are beating yourself you know, over the head with a baseball bat saying, oh, I did it again. You know, why do I keep doing this? Or when you're consumed with guilt and shame, which by the way, comes with um, all of the positions on the triangle, but mostly with the rescuer. So it seems like I'm talking a lot to the rescuer here, which I am, um, but the, it applies to all of them. So 
notice the drama triangle for you. Is it playing out in your life and in your relationships? What role do you have on that triangle? Where, where are you playing out and acting out that role and that character? And then find out what is this actually about? Because chances are there is something underneath that that has to do with safety and love and acceptance and enoughness that needs to be nurtured from yourself. This is the need that you give yourself, the need that you fulfill to yourself, um, with yourself. And if we don't actually stop and recognize what's happening, name it, call it out, get curious, and then go in and do the work, this is when we find ourselves attracting the same kinds of relationships, the same kinds of friendships, the same kinds of thing. And then we have our, we're sitting on the couch with a glass of wine going, I don't understand why I keep having the same relationship. And I don't understand why this keeps happening to me. You know, we go into this victim speak um, because we're not actually stopping and doing the work and saying, what is going on here? If I am 100% responsible for my life and what's what I'm creating and how I'm reacting to what I'm creating, then there's a piece in here for me. So I hope this was helpful. It's a short one today. I wanted to go into this drama triangle and share this with you. Keep an eye out for the blog where I've written way more on this topic and how it relates to a breadcrumb relationship and when you're settling in a relationship. Uh, if you're not already on the list to get the blogs every week, go to javanacaposa.com. Sign up for the list. You'll get the blogs every week, including all the podcasts. Thank you so much for your attention and thanks for listening. And listen, if this was helpful for you, if you got a little aha, uh -huh, if a little light bulb went on in your head and you want to pass this on to someone in your world who you think needs to dive into this work a little bit, then won't you share this? I so greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone. For books and resources related to today's episode, make sure you head over to SheRisesPodcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 